Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Brooke Destra. We are live at Rivers Casino in Philadelphia. And Brooke, the Flyers are on a four-game winning streak out of the break. Safe to say they buried that five-game losing streak they were on they going the into break. the break. They needed they that break. They needed the break. And you got to give them credit. They talked about this break. It's coming at a good time. And it looked like it did. It looked like it came at a perfect time. And they are looking more and more like a playoff team, Brooke, which is pretty hard to believe given everyone thought mm-hmm. this would be a rebuilding season. Hockey Reference gives them a 78.7% chance to make the playoffs. They've got 28 games to go here. <laughs> that is crazy. Crazy to think, Brooke. That is I'm not crazy. sure. I'm not sure anyone probably, aside from the team itself, thought yeah. they could maybe do this. Brooke, aside from the outdoor game on Saturday, the stadium series, the next 10 poll date really for this team is the trade deadline, March 8th. Mm-hmm. Does this change their plans at all in your mind? Should it change their plans at all? I don't think so, just because before the five-game losing skid, before the four-game winning streak, way ahead of the deadline, um, I mean the all-star break, the the message has been the same really since the beginning of the season. You know, this team obviously went in with zero expectations and are exceeding them. However, it's not just, you know, you kind of want them to like push ahead. You want to be like buyers and sellers at the deadline, anything super crazy to make one push and then everything kind of collapses again. That was never the case. Everything this year I'm taking it as a bonus. It's great to be able to look forward to the future, but it's exciting to be able to enjoy the now with this team as well. I don't think that they're going to be huge. I think maybe they're going to make a move or two at the deadline. However, I think they do not want to disrupt the chemistry that this team has to alter something, you know, temporarily for you know, the the playoffs this year. I think major moves might happen this off season. Major, nothing too 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 crazy. Um, but yeah, I just I think they've been very very on one side that nothing was going to change with their their notion this season. So yeah, we might get a move or two, but I don't think it's going to be anything substantial. I guess I should say. The offseason is always the better time for more hockey trades where it's players for players and a chance to shake up your roster a little bit more. Brooke, I'm with you. I think the Flyers would have to be vying for the president's trophy if they were going to be buying <laughs> and really significantly changing Danny Breer's mind. I, I think Danny Breer has repeatedly said the vision has not changed. They are still focused on the future. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. not going to be major buyers. They're not going to spend prime assets for one playoff run. 
what I think the team has probably done is can has you know made him reconsider selling real hard. Uh, if they were a bottom three team or a bottom third team, sure, it's a completely different it's a completely conversation different story. That we'd be I think they're going to be thinking more about trading Travis Konechny and some of their uh, maybe bigger contract players. I think this maybe is going to can make Breer think, yeah, maybe sell a piece or two, but not totally rip the roster uh, down to the studs. I think mm-hmm. this is a team that's in a playoff race and it looks like a playoff team and it's giving Briere more reason to keep it a little more together. Mm-hmm. But I think they do need to think long and hard about some of the expiring contracts they have. Yeah. Um, especially on defense and try to get some draft picks back. That's the, that's what the vision was. And I think it needs to stick. Yeah. I think and just because it's the one player that you mentioned, I'm going to, I'm going to say something right now. I think you extend Travis Konechny in the off season. I think you give him a chance to be the star for Philly. I really do. Because obviously he's two-time All-Star. He's leading the, the team in goals this year. Just let, let him have it. He's, he's rocking with it. He's, he's embracing the chaos of what this year has been. He's been here, you know, since what, 2016. Yeah, 2016-17. And, and he's tasted the playoffs with the Flyers before. He's been through absolutely everything. And I think... <laughs> I don't know if it's the Gordy Howe that kind of set solidified things for me um, in four minutes and eight seconds, <laughs> which is just the craziest thing I've ever witnessed live. Um, let let him lead. I think that there was a lot of questions. I mean, John Tortorella has talked about it, the team as a whole leading into the season about finding the identity for the Flyers. And I kind of feel like Travis Konechny is kind of becoming everything that this team wants to embody like he's just a, he's a scrappy hardworking, talented player and I just I just wanted to give him a little little shout on the pod that I know he doesn't listen to but, <laughs> <laughs> but I does. just uh, you're welcome Travis yes. no I'm just I'm just I'm just saying like he kind of rose to this occasion and there was no standard this year and he kind of said it so I think that He's opening a lot of eyes. I think he's been really fun to watch this year, and I think he's earned the opportunity to to stay and kind of create his own little lasting legacy with the Flyers. So I know we were going to start talking about like trade deadline stuff, but I just wanted to give a little shout out to, no. to TK because he's been he's been crushing it, Jordan. No, like, and he really has Konechny been. absolutely. I think relates to the trade deadline because it's probably a guy that teams around the league were going to look into uh, if the Flyers were in a different position. I think everyone was wondering how does Konechny fit their rebuilding timeline, but this rebuild is looking a little more expedited, and he's 26. I think he turns 27 in March. Mm-hmm. And very much looks like a guy I think can lead this youth movement. And I really think the Flyers in-house are thinking more and more about this guy's here to stay and he's not going to be a trade chip for us to kind of further supplement this rebuild. Um, I think he's a guy that can absolutely lead this thing and is proving it. So I'm glad you brought that up, Brooke. Brooke TK. If, TK. There you go. TK. Just kidding. <laughs> no, if there is a guy, Brooke, that you feel is mo- most likely to be dealt, who is it and why? Ugh, it sucks because I don't want him to move. I, and again, I feel like we talk about this nonstop, but this is not a conversation that we would have even dreamt of having in the preseason because he was just a little, a little, a little trade chip that mm-hmm. that was added. I do see if there's anybody moving at the deadline. I do see it being a Sean Walker, just because, uh, like. <clears throat> 
I, I like him. I really <laughs> do. And that is that's a really difficult discussion that the front office needs to have right now because you don't want to mess with the chemistry in the locker room and moving somebody, even though he's only been here for, you know, a, a little over half a season. He's, he's made his mark and he's been a substantial, solid player. You're just kind of at the point now where it's like, do you want a handful of really great bottom players on, on this team or do you want to kind of mix things up, get a pick moving forward, get another, you know, higher caliber player. I don't know. I don't know. I really didn't think I would be so conflicted at the deadline because I can pull up receipts from the podcast maybe in July or August. I was like, you move everybody but Carter Hart. (laughs) Trade the whole team. And now we're having a much different discussion. (laughs) Yeah. No, I did not think – who would have thought that Sean Walker would be making – Everyone say, oh, maybe they should keep him. I think everyone thought when he, when he arrived here in that Provrob trade that he was on an expiring contract and was kind of a, maybe not like a reclamation project, but he, he was coming off a real serious injury a couple of years ago and was mm-hmm. trying to prove himself again, and he has. And now I think he's going to have a lot of teams calling Danny Breer, looking into him, and I do think it is the most likely player to go. I think they already have kind of a surplus of defensemen, and I understand depth at that position is like gold, but they're playing 11 and 7 right now. I don't now. want to see that ever People again. People don't want to see 11 and 7 <laughs> anymore. Again. Even Tortorello said it the other day. He's like, it's not what we want to do, it's just kind of a necessity. Sure. They have defensemen they think they should play. So I think he's a guy that you can kind of fill in his responsibilities collectively. Mm-hmm. You know, what he does kind of on the PK, he's been a shorthanded threat there. He played on the power play a little bit earlier in the season, but they have power play guys that they want to see there defensively. I think it's the most likely guy to be moved, and I think the Flyers have to do it. Um, and who knows? Maybe they can reconnect in the offseason and think about re-signing him. But yeah. he's a perfect rental type for teams that are a little more close to contending for the Stanley Cup. And I think you got to try to get draft picks back in return for players like him. But I do think it's going to be a loss, Brooke. I mean, to me, him Absolutely. and Nick Saylor, I think, have been maybe their most effective defensive pair all season. Mm-hmm. And uh, now suddenly you're breaking that up and you're forcing things to be worked around. How does Nick Sealer play with someone else? Um, and how do they fill Sean Walker's shoes? So I think it's going to be a little bit of a wrench thrown into the Flyers' plans down the stretch, but something they got to do. I mean, I would much rather be sitting here debating having moved Sean Walker as opposed to being like, I don't know, Cam York's having a kind of off season. Let's see what we can get for him. You know, like, thank God. You know, obviously that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're just we're having discussions that I don't think anybody expected to have this early in a rebuild. Like I think it was the perfect word that you said. It was expedited. Mm-hmm. This entire year, this I I really truly believe that anybody could have been up at at the trade deadline. Yeah. Anybody could have moved. And now I kind of feel like this team has just kind of solidified and are in the you know the midst of creating this their their own identity really. And you don't want to throw a wrench in it like you had said until you know maybe you make some of those bigger moves in the off season. Yeah. Really. Like there there's so much there's so much talk going around like you gotta move Scott Lawton at the deadline. You do not move Scott Lawton in the middle of a season like this when he really has been such a substantial player. And I I, I love that the past two games against 
Seattle and Arizona that he just kind of like popped off. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, he's seeing all these his names speculating with trade rumors. And obviously this is going back to the offseason as well. And he's like, I'm staying in Philly. <laughs> Bing, bang, boom. Three points, two games. Good for Scott Lawton. I just when you talk about class as, a, as an athlete, Scott, Scott Lawton embodies it. He's an incredible locker room guy. He understands the city. He understands what it means to be the only person with any kind of letter on his sweater. And we were talking about it right before the pod that his role has kind of jumped around substantially throughout this season. And he's just kind of owned up to it and taken on every single challenge that's been presented to him. And, and you don't want to move somebody like that right now. You do not. Celebrity cook Steve Martirano brings his Italian-American cooking back home to Philly. Enjoy Martirano's Prime at Rivers Casino and Steve's famous meatballs with Sunday gravy, prime steaks, and more. Make reservations for Martirano's Prime on open table. Brooke, I'm so glad you brought up Scott Lawton because I think that's a big name right now. You're very pro do not move Lawton, and I'm leaning that way too. During the season. Yes. Yeah. During the season. And I do think this is one because it's such a delicate one because of what he means to the locker room. And that, that stuff is real. That's not just cliches of, oh, he's a good locker room guy and people like him. No, that's the only guy wearing a letter on his jersey, a guy that teammates love. And I think if they were to move him, you have to consider how that affects the locker room and players that have grown to like him, fans that have grown to love him They in the would city. never be able to listen to the Squirtle saxophone yeah. celebration <laughs> song ever again. Which is Jordan. critical, critical to the team's vibes. But no, um, I, th- I think it's a player that, without a doubt, the Flyers are going to listen on. But I do not think they're just dangling him out there carelessly and saying, someone take him. I think it's a guy that they're going to listen on and aim super high on. But I really don't think they're shopping him by any means. No. Um, do I think something could happen in the summer maybe or next year when his deal is actually an expiring deal? Sure. But I think midseason, you're just seeing what he's been to the team just over the last couple of games. He's just a heart and soul guy, does all the intangibles. And that's why I think con- contending teams love him. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he's stuck with us. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So I think they're going to have to have the doors be blown down uh, with an offer to move him. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure they're really ready to do that just yet. That's just my gut feel. And I do think he's a playoff player. I think he's a, a gritty guy. He can move up and down the lineup. He can play all positions. And you just see what he means on the ice and off the ice. So, Brooke, I think, yeah, you think they're going to have a lot of calls on him. But sure. they're eventually, you know, they're going to say, let's let's keep this guy for the rest of the season at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, D- just keep him. Keep him. I feel like if there is one player that moves right now that would genuinely cause a, a stir and disarray in the locker room, it's Scott Lawton. Yeah. Genuinely. If you move any of those guys, if it's Scott, I feel like everybody across the board would be like, what What do we do? Yeah. And what I, do we do? And I think the front office and coaching staff have a very strong emotional tie to him. And so those players are mm-hmm. tough to move on from. Um, and I think he really wants to be here. So... We'll see where that goes. That is certainly a name to keep an eye on, Brooke, of course. Uh, but for, I'm with you. Good for Law in the last couple of games. He's made huge plays. Like We're not talking minor plays. I mean, oh, no. We're talking block <laughs> shots. We're talking game-winning goals like he had last night in the comeback over the Coyotes. Uh, he's been very good. His laser beam of a goal against Seattle. I, I think I watched that highlight a dozen times. Yeah. A do- at least a dozen times because it was just 
a rocket. It was awesome. And that had to be such a great weight off of his shoulders. He hasn't scored since mid-January. And I just think, oh, man, everyone was just like, way to go, Sarge. With how quick that play was, for a second, (laughs) I thought it was Tyson Forster. Like, I really did. Like, the shot was that impressive. It was crazy. And it was from the circle. And, like, we've seen Forster at times show that publicized shot of his mm-hmm. from that spot. I was like, oh, no, that was Scott Lawton. He's like, I have more tricks yeah. <laughs> in my sleeve that nobody knows. It was impressive, big time. Brooke, another one, Nick Steeler is a guy that I think would really shake up the locker room if he was to be traded. Yeah. Do you think the team is maybe thinking more contract extension now rather than trade? It's interesting because there's been there's been speculation about that throughout this whole season that they were looking to re-sign Nick Sealer. I mean, he's a guy that kind of embodies this team and what they want to become. I mean, he's leading the league right now in block shots as well. Like he is somebody who will put his body on the line to try and save a game, to try and, you know, shift the momentum of a game. He's hardworking. He's a good player. He's a good locker room guy. And yeah, he's just, he's another one that again, you look, you know, a season ago and you're like, yeah, like you think you can move, but he's become a staple. And, you know, when you have so many young players right now as well, you kind of just, you like looking toward a great solidified core that can help propel the the rebuild. So you have the the young guys coming up, and then you have a guy like Nick Sealer, you have a Scott Lawton, you have a Travis Konechny, and you have a Sean Couturier. Of course, you don't you don't move them when you're kind of reconstructing like a heart and the soul of this team. He no, he very much seems like a culture guy, a guy that yeah. fuels the Flyers culture, and that's a guy I think they're going to want to maybe keep for at least the rest of the season. And I, I do believe they're going to think of re-signing him and that it's impressive to see where he's gone from uh, when he first started with the Flyers to now really looking like a, a like a key piece to things, almost like a linchpin of sorts. Mm-hmm. So good for him and good for Nick Steeler. But I think overall we're, we're talking about names and guys on, you know, expiring deals or Lawton, you know, I think is aspiring deal in two years. Mm-hmm. Really, I think the Flyers' overall mindset is they're going to listen. They're going to be open-minded. Sure. Um, they're not crazy nuts. Right. They're not going to be buyers, but I don't think they're going to be hardcore sellers. They're not propping up a for sale sign outside uh, because that's not where the team is. But I do think they're going to be. They're going to listen. They're going to be open-minded. And Briere has vowed to do that mm-hmm. since day one, since he yeah. was, you know, had the interim tag. So that's where I think the Flyers stand. They're going to listen, yeah. and they should. I think it's it's crazy because when you're looking at at this team. They have given certain players opportunities to thrive. You know, you kind of you come in with, again, like Sean Walker, I think is a great example. Again, Nick Sealer, where you put them in a position where eh, it could have gone either way. I didn't even think Sean Walker was going <laughs> to make the roster to start the sure. season. I just thought he was, you know, just tossed into the, the Ivan Provorov trade. I didn't expect anything from him. And he kind of just raised his own expectations. I mean, he's having a career year. Because the Flyers have given him an opportunity to showcase what he's capable of, where he might have been, you know, suppressed when he was um, on the on the Kings roster. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't know what you're going to have until you give them a chance to succeed. And I think that that's also been a motto that 
they've they've gone through with a lot of these young players like with with Zamula you kind of let him get through the stretch you kind of let him figure things out Tyson Forrester when he went through such a significant goal drought throughout the season that he's just working through it and he's figuring it out I think that that's just become a huge motto for the year like let them have the chance let them let them prove themselves and they have been time and time again that that's making us have difficult conversations it's incredible yeah i really like my my favorite thing is now during the games when you you can never count the flyers out absolutely never i the amount of times that (laughs) the arizona game like arizona would tie things right back up i'm like i still see the flyers pulling through it's not watching the guys on the ice because you can go and you can watch the replay of that. It's watching the fans and the crowd and the initial reaction. I just feel like everybody believes that this is a fun, competitive team again. Mm-hmm. And if anything, that was the goal for this season. Everyone was like, give us, give us time. We want to put a good product on the ice for you. And because everything's kind of been expedited, people are buying in. They want them to do well. They want, to, they want playoffs in South Philly. I want playoffs in South Philly. Mm-hmm. And it's just been it's been really fun to just watch everybody react like caring and giving a crap. I don't yeah. know how else to explain it. It's just it's been so refreshing and exciting that they're just they're a fun team night in night out. You don't know what you're going to get, but it's going to be a good game. Don't talk about the five game losing streak. Yeah. Everything else. This has been a heck of a season. And we still got ways to go. So who knows what's going to happen? They really, they very much have, I think, forced the Flyers' hand a little bit. And that's what the Flyers asked for. They asked for the players to kind of dictate the timeline of the rebuild. And so far, it's looking like it's sped up uh, without a doubt. And I think fans are not losing sight of, like, the future and Matvey Mishkov and prospects. But without a doubt, I think they're enjoying coming to games and seeing a competitive fun team like you said. It's just tough to complain about that. You go from, oh, the Flyers are on, I guess I'll put them on TV tonight, to we got to get down to Wells Fargo Center. Yeah. Yeah. That alone is a huge shift. You can check on social media. People are caring. Like, I know it seems so, like, minuscule, but it's so important Mm -hmm. to have fans wanting to back this team. And I still keep thinking back to the successful road trip right before the the all-star break where Owen Tippett had a walk-off interview and he was like I just can't wait to get back and play for our fans mm-hmm. I'm going to be really honest with you Jordan I can't remember the last time a, a Flyers player has said that yeah <laughs> like and genuinely meant it where it's like they they want the fans to be like they're a part of this team mm-hmm. Like, as much as Bryce Harper likes to stress it with Phillies fans, that, like, they are the additional player in the clubhouse. They are the heart and soul, like, of the of the Phillies. Like, the Flyers want that, too. Mm-hmm. They want the fans to be so involved. And I just, I'll talk about that till I turn blue in the face. Like, yeah. I am just, I'm so thrilled that people give a crap. Yeah. Said that twice on the podcast now. <laughs> give a crap. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's. I think that was the battle the Flyers were fighting for a while was getting their fans to give a crap. Honestly, uh, that was I think a big fight. Mission was accomplished. Getting fans to buy back in and to care about the Flyers and to want to come to games, they have certainly accomplished that. I think they're getting fans back on board, excited about the future, but also very much excited about what's going on this season. Brooke, one more player that I think you've been really impressed by and maybe could be a low key 
trade chip for them. Maybe some teams will come calling, just given kind of what he experienced earlier in the season with John Torrell, mm-hmm. Morgan Frost. I didn't say him specifically because yes. he's staying. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Morgan Frost is staying in Philadelphia, but he, I think, is playing some of his best hockey. It's reminding me of last year. It's mm-hmm. impressive. It's Maybe this will be a storyline for him in his career where he starts a little slow, but once he gains confidence, man, he, he gets going, and he's fun to watch. I... Every single shift he took against Arizona, I was watching Frost. He drew three penalties. Yeah. I mean, he was all over the place. And and Frost is really, like you said, the turn of the calendar year out of the All-Star break. Like, he is just somebody that it, like, shifts into a whole different gear. It's it's kind of remarkable because it's not that he was having – he was playing poorly prior. But you can kind of think of how everything lines up when he had the – you know, he knocked on Tortorella's office and you know, having like an open conversation about everything that was going on and how they can kind of shift things um, around to kind of see eye to eye, I guess. And Frost just kind of, you know, explodes into this this great two, like last night. It was it was probably one of the best 200 foot games I've ever watched him play. It's he's been remarkable. Um, he looks like a guy you want to throw out there late in games. And I don't mm-hmm. think Tortorella was ever really convinced that Morgan Frost was a guy you would put out there in a key shift late in the game. Like, he's looking like one of their better players. Yeah. And I'm with you. That that It's weird, but I think there's a belief that that was a breakthrough. It was when Frost went to see him. 100%. And disagreed with him. Mm-hmm. And Tortorella, like, loved it. Mm-hmm. If that's what it took um, for them to get a little closer, it looks like it worked because Frost is playing more. Tortorella is trusting him more. Mm-hmm. And I'm all for it. And then again, post game, Frost just kept going on and on about the locker room and the guys and how everybody backs each other. And you know, we've been around a, a decent you more than me, but a decent amount of teams and groups throughout the years. And it's not just something that we're saying to like make people happy. This team genuinely feels so different. They're so tightly knit. Like. I forget, oh man, I forget who was saying it, but when these guys are out on on the road, like it's not like two or three guys going to grab dinner. It's like a table for like two dozen, like a, mm. a dozen, a dozen players. Yeah. Like it's just not two dozen. <laughs> that would that be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the whole team. No. <laughs> the whole team every single night. But like they, they want to spend time together. Like the whole, I thought it was incredible that the guys refused to let Jamie Drysdale go home during the all-star break. Because they they understood the importance of wanting him to feel so welcome to this team. So they said, we have the hotel room. We booked your flight. You literally just need to show up. Yeah. I think that is incredible. And I think that it just kind of shows how special this specific team is. So don't break it up. Not right now. Not when things are so good. Not when the vibes are high. Not while the Squirtle saxophone song is playing. <laughs> not when the guys, you know, are... In, when they are together 24-7 throughout the season, are spending the one week they have off together still. Mm-hmm. Come on. Like, it's so special. So I'm all for it. I don't know how I got there from talking about Morgan Frost, but... No, no <laughs> but he's a, a, a young player that you think is a foundation piece um, and a guy that's kind of fueled that uh, group of young players that are getting along with each other mm-hmm. and developing together. Brooke, without a doubt, I think that will be one of the bigger conversations when the decision makers get together and talk about trade deadline is how does it impact our locker room? Not just on the ice, but how will guys respond to it? That, I think, will be a mass- a massive topic of conversation, and it should be, because the locker room is very tight. And mm-hmm. I think that's something rare. Keith Jones, John Tortorella, everyone, they have to consider that 
uh, as they make these huge decisions. But, Brooke, we're not there just yet. It's March. March 8 is the trade deadline. It's February 13 as we talk on this podcast. Still some big games to play for the Flyers, but they are uh, giving everyone, I think, a lot of discussion and the Flyers some big decisions. I'm having a good time, Jordan. Yeah. Broke that shirt's having a good time. All that matters. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so there are so many more important yeah. things. <laughs> but Brooke, great to see you. Great to chat with you. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, big thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru, for always being flexible with our time. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. We were live at Rivers Casino in Philadelphia today. Appreciate you listening. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time. 